from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 184, Previews in a Half Shell. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, this time I'm flying solo for this episode. Uh, I know normally I would have Travis or somebody else with me to do previews, but it's a Sunday morning. I have the house to myself. I was like, might as well go ahead and record an episode and get some information out there. Um, I know it's been a while since I've done one of the previews episodes. I'm still trying to figure out where these can fit into uh, our regular episodes. I might be doing something special with uh, the previews uh, a little later this year, but it's been a while since I've talked about comics that were coming out, especially ones related to Star Joe's, and there's certain issues that are coming out in the month of May uh, that I wanted to actually cover with you guys and, and talk about and talk about some things I've been reading uh, that you might be interested in checking out, and uh, so I just figured this is a good time because it's been a few, probably couple, two or three months since we've done a previews episode to kind of touch on those things. Plus, there is the uh, bonus that there's material in this month's previews about free comic book day issues that are coming out, and a couple of those are actually pretty important. Uh, at least one of them is really important when it comes to Star Joe stuff. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that as well. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Opening up to the uh, free comic book day uh, area here, we do have uh, several of the issues that are coming out. Let's see, there's you have your typical stuff like you have a, uh, Bongo Comics coming out, like a Boom Studios one, uh, which the Boom Studios one seems like it's geared towards uh, a younger audience. Uh, one of the ones I wanted to mention, you guys have heard me mention this title on the show, but there's one that's called from Image Comics called I Hate Image. So this is a uh, play off of the I Hate Fairyland story, which you guys have heard me mention many times. I absolutely love it. It's being uh, written and drawn by Scotty Young. And this is uh, I Hate Image. And basically the premise of I Hate Fairyland is this uh, little girl, Gertrude, has been stuck in Fairyland for, I believe it's like 38 years or something like that, uh, or 20 some years since she was a little girl. 
Um, and she is looking for a way to get back home. Well, in this free comic book day issue, this is a brand new story. She comes across a way out, but in order for her to get out, she has to chop her way through a bunch of characters from various image books. Uh, and it's really interesting the ones she has to work through. She has to deal with characters from Saga, The Walking Dead, Savage Dragon, uh, Spawn, uh, uh, Southern Bastards, Black Science, and a bunch of other ones. So if you're an image fan, like if you've been reading a lot of image books over the years, uh, you're going to see a lot of nods to characters that you know and inside jokes, I'm sure. So, But it's still going to be a fun read even if you haven't read that stuff. Because just seeing some of these characters, I mean, everyone knows who Spawn is. Uh, I think most people know who Savage Dragon is. People definitely know who the Walking Dead characters are. So I think it would be a, a fun pickup, especially since it's free. Um, and you can kind of get an idea of what I've been enjoying in the I Hate Fairyland. Because I'm sure it's going to have that same tone, same uh, uh, art and everything else. Because, again, all being done by Scotty Young. Uh, the other thing is from Marvel. Uh, is called Secret Number One, and uh, there's going to be a Spider-Man story in there that ties into an event that's going to be happening in Spider-Man, but there's also going to be another secret story that they are not revealing what it's about, and but it does lead into some other big universe stories that are going to be happening after this issue comes out, so I'm very interested in what that could be. Um, then going into something that's kind of Star Joe's related is the Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, and Ocarina of Time, free comic book day. Now, I'll be mentioning this later in the issue, or in the episode, but what uh, Viz Media has been doing is they've been releasing uh, like special editions of the manga stories that have been done over the years, and, and I think some of them are actually brand new stories, I'm not sure, but they're at least reprints of old, older uh, manga stories. They, it's these Legend of Zelda stories that are based on the various games. So with this one, you have a, a little taste of Twilight Princess and a little taste of Ocarina of Time. Viz Media actually has both of those separate, uh, separate books. My only disappointment with those books is I was kind of hoping that they would be hardcover editions, especially since they're supposed to be like these special editions. Uh, but they are paperbacks, but they're very nicely done. Uh, they are pretty big books, and... Uh, just like any other manga, you do read it from back to front. I imagine that this free comic book day issue is going to be the same way. Uh, but it'll give you kind of a taste of what those issues have been like, uh, those collected editions have been like. So uh, going into some of the other titles, uh, I believe we mentioned in the past, but if we haven't, uh, American Mythology is, has the rights to Underdog. And they're going to be doing Underdog number one as a free comic book day issue. So I'm definitely interested in, in checking that out. Uh, Antarctic Press is also going to have Steam Wars, uh, Strike Leader it's called. And I'm going to check this one out. I didn't wasn't too impressed with Steam Wars, the first volume that came out. So I never picked up anything after that. I believe it has had different creators on it. Uh, since then with some of the later editions. So, you know, anytime you get new creators, new writers, new artists... They can take things in a very interesting way. I just haven't checked it out since being kind of disappointed in the first uh, miniseries that they did. I will check this out, and if it's something that looks good, I'm hoping it, maybe I can find the other past stuff in trade or something and check those out. Uh, it's just basically a, a play on Star Wars, but with steampunk. Uh, so it should be really cool. The Strike Leader one looks like it's a, a play off of Rogue One, uh, at least from the cover of it and everything else. It looks like that's what it's playing off of. So, 
You also have Archie Comics, uh, Riverdale, which is based off of the new CW show. I have not watched it. I've heard good things about it, but I have not watched it at all. Uh, Archie Comics has been doing a really good job of revamping their characters. So I would say check out some of the comic issues that are out there. Uh, they're well worth checking out. They're a different take. They're a more modern take on Archie, but still having some of that classic feel. So uh, the other one I wanted to mention, uh, which I'll be mentioning a little bit later as well, is uh, Chapter House Comics. They're doing a whole Chapter House universe. They're starting this whole universe going on, and it kind of caught my eye. It caught my eye a little late, but still caught my eye, and I'm kind of going back and getting some of those first issues. But they're creating this whole Chapter House universe, and it seems a little bit different than your typical superhero universe. Like, there are superheroes, but there's also, like, this interesting... Uh, supernatural take on a lot of the characters uh, or what they're facing is a little bit more supernatural. They deal with the, more of these mysteries of, of the world and everything else. Um, the free comic book day issue is Captain Canuck, which is a longtime character that's been out there for a while. I have never read any Captain Canuck. I am going to actually uh, jumping on this though, because this is kind of a new start for that character. So I'm really interested in reading the costume looks really cool for him. Uh, the art looks really good, so it's something I do want to check out. For uh, anyone out there that has uh, kids, especially uh, girls that are, have been interested in this, they've had the DC Superhero Girls uh, free comic book day issue, and they've been do DC's been doing a lot of different one-shots and everything else for that. I haven't checked out all of them, but I've looked at a couple of them. I did get the DVD movie. Uh, and haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but I am actually interested just because I like the DC animated stuff. Even when it's geared towards a, a younger audience, I've found myself enjoying it. So that would be something to check out if you have uh, younger kids. The big one that I wanted to mention for our listeners is the IDW Publishing is releasing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Prelude to Dimension X. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because if you've been reading the IDW Turtles... You really, from what I can understand of this issue, you really need to get this issue on Free Comic Book Day. This is the start of a larger story, uh, and I don't think it's going to be repeated in the issues. I've been wrong about that before, but um, it really does seem like you need to go out and get this issue if you are going to be reading uh, the Turtles or continuing to read the Turtles. Uh, there's going to be a whole, uh, from my understanding, a whole space-style story with neutrinos and everything. Obviously, they come from Dimension X, but this is the issue that starts it all, so definitely worth checking out. You're also going to have the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy number one, which, again, is going to be something we mentioned a little bit later as well. It looks like there's also going to be a Defender story in there, so they're tying in, in this issue, of course, the movies and the Netflix stuff that's going on. So you have, in the movies, you have Guardians of the Galaxy number two coming, volume two coming out, which I am very excited about. And then uh, in the Netflix series, you're going to have the Defenders coming out. So they're kind of tying those together. And then uh, you also have your typical Street Fighter is, uh, free comic book day issue. But it's uh, the Street Fighter versus, uh, versus wrestling special. So I know there's a lot of wrestling fans out there. You might want to check that out. There, I also know there's a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, fans out there. There is going to be, from Viz Media, a Dragon Ball Super issue that's coming out. So you might want to check that out as well. Um, so a lot of good stuff that's coming out this free comic book day, a lot of stuff worth checking out, a lot of original stories uh, or stories that are going to be launching, in uh, being the launch of other things that are coming out. 
last year I was a little disappointed with Free Comic Book Day, not because of the events that I went to. That was a lot of fun. But the issues that came out just really, there wasn't a whole lot that excited me. There's a lot that excites me this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Jumping into Dark Horse. So a uh, couple things related to the show. One is uh, it's a miniseries, start of a miniseries, Predator Hunters, number one, comes out. Uh, this is written by uh, Chris Warner, and the art is by Francisco Ruiz Velasco. The art looks really good on it. Uh, I love Predator. I don't know if I'll be picking this up or not. I, it's one of these things right now with the Predator and Aliens issues. Uh, I really enjoy them, but... It tends to be something that I uh, pick up and trade. I was picking up some issues for a little while, but I really found out that I would get behind on them. I'm just better off waiting for the trade. That's what I'm probably going to do with this one. I'm going to wait to hear how it is. Uh, like I said, the art looks really impressive, so if you're a Predator fan, you might want to check it out. Uh, if you're an Alien fan, uh, you might want to check out Aliens Orbit, uh, Dead Orbit. Uh, the this is uh, the issue that's coming out in May is number two of a four-part miniseries. So number one is going to be coming out in April, uh, and it's written uh, and drawn by James Stoke, uh, Stoko. So this is the creator of Orkstain, which is a really popular series that's been done in the past. So uh, if you're a fan of that series and a fan of Aliens, you'll probably want to check that issue out. Um, there really wasn't anything else from Dark Horse that really jumped out at me, so I'm going to jump ahead to DC Comics. And with DC, uh, one of the big things I wanted to mention was uh, an event crossover story. So DC has been starting to do some crossovers, and it's been uh, mixed for me with those. So the first one that they did was the Batman uh, Night of the Monster Men, which that one to me was absolutely atrocious. I did not like it at all. I didn't enjoy the art. I didn't enjoy the story. There was nothing for me that was redeeming about it. The monsters were like these giant Godzilla-type monsters. Didn't seem fitting for Batman, but I could get past that if the story was good. It just wasn't. And the monster men, there was nothing unique about them. Like, they didn't stay in your memory. They looked like this just this generic, like, hodgepodge of organs and, and everything. Like, it just... There was nothing unique. There was nothing that made you go, oh, I want to see more of these things in the future. Uh, and now they've created this whole part of the city that has these remains of these giant monster men, which is causing issues with other creatures in the area and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is really a story that we should just let die and let it go away and forget about it. So I wasn't impressed with that. Now on the flip side of that, I really enjoyed the crossover of Justice League versus Suicide Squad. I thought that was done really well. We got introduced to uh, some characters that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, the art was beautiful. Uh, it, was, it made a lot of sense why the characters were up against each other. And I'm about to start reading Superman Reborn, which crosses over between Superman and Action Comics. So those two, typically in the past, especially in the 90s, would cross over all the time. So I'm actually looking forward to the fact that they are going to be crossing over. I uh, have not started it yet. I actually have the first two issues, first two parts of that story to read today. So uh, I'm crossing my fingers that that is really good. I have actually been enjoying the Superman titles, uh, both Action Comics and Superman, and I have not really enjoyed either one of those titles in quite a while. Uh, like I enjoyed the very first arc of Action Comics with the New 52, did not care for the Superman title. 
then after that, I didn't really enjoy action comics either. And I just kind of dropped both of them and stopped getting Superman altogether. Uh, and then right near the end, which was the final days of Superman, I heard that was really good. So I actually picked up all those issues, read that, thought that was done really well. Read the Lois and Clark uh, miniseries, which led into the Rebirth area and uh, really enjoyed that. And like I said, I've been really enjoying the Superman titles ever since Rebirth. So now we have another crossover that's going to happen which is uh, the Lazarus uh, contract, which if you know uh, the past of the term Lazarus, Lazarus and everything else, you might think of um, uh, Batman and Ra's al Ghul and stuff like that. But this is actually tying into the Titans, the Teen Titans, Deathstroke, and then there's going to be a one-shot special that concludes it all. So I am already reading Titans and Teen Titans, uh, I'm like one or two issues behind on each of those. Again, it'll be something I'm catching up in the next week or so uh, to get ready for this event. But uh, Titans, I've really liked. Uh, some of the art is getting a little wonky for me, but uh, the story I'm still enjoying. Teen Titans, I really enjoyed how that one started off. Deathstroke, I read the Rebirth issue, and I still have issue number one to read. If you can't tell by the fact that Issue number 19 is coming out with this story. Uh, I wasn't too impressed with Rebirth. It's written by uh, Christopher Priest, uh, the Deathstroke series, uh, who I really enjoyed his Black Panther run. But much like his Black Panther run, this Deathstroke story is really got really convoluted and confusing right in the first issue, and it just didn't make me excited to read the next issue. I don't mind being kind of in a, a haze or a mystery going on that I feel like, oh, it's going to pay off for me. And I don't doubt that it would pay off with Christopher Priest, but I just, it didn't get me excited to read the next issue. So, uh, so I have not read Deathstroke since then, but I am actually really interested in reading Deathstroke uh, as part of this series. It makes perfect sense uh, to do this crossover. So uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. All four issues are going to come out in May. So you get the full story in May. Uh, and so that should be pretty awesome. So, so going further into, into DC, DC, uh, we also have Bane Conquest number one, and this deals with, if you like classic Bane, if you liked Bane from Nightfall, this is probably something worth checking out. Uh, it seems like they're getting back to those roots of that character. It's going to be written by Chuck Dixon. Uh, so it's the perfect guy to be writing Bane. Uh, we have art and covers by, by Graham Nolan. So uh, it's basically Bane trying to create a global uh, criminal empire, and he's bringing in some of his uh, old characters, such as Bird and Trog and Zombie. It's really just getting back to classic Bane. I, I'm actually really interested in this. Uh, I don't know if it, it just says number one. It doesn't really say if this is an ongoing. I'm going to assume it's a miniseries. Uh, but I'm interested to see if it eventually crosses over into the Batman title or Detective or something like that. Uh, going into the collected editions uh, for DC, one of the ones that got me really excited was Absolute Justice League. Uh, this is uh, the one of the Absolute editions, so it's the nice hardcover editions with the slipcase and everything. Uh, but this is collecting uh, the Alex Ross and Paul Dini stories that were done in those giant magazine forms. I think it was like late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere in that time period. 
but there was like Superman, Peace on Earth, Batman, War on Crime, Shazam, Power of Hope, Wonder Woman, Spirit of Truth, Justice League, Secret Origins, and Justice League, Liberty and Justice. Um, I have all of these large, there's just that treasury size edition uh, books. I have all of them, and they are just amazing. They do get a little, I will, like, mine haven't run into this issue really too much, but they can get a bit warped over time, those treasury size editions, uh, especially with the format. They use the prestige format at that size. So it's nice that they're coming out with this as a um, collected absolute edition. I don't know uh, the size dimensions on this. I don't really see. Oh, is it? it they're going to be uh, 8.25 inches by 12.5 inches. So it seems like it's going to be a bit smaller than what those treasury size editions were, but still really great packaging, really awesome that they're they're actually going to be doing that. The other thing to mention from DC Collected Editions, Flash Unwrapped by Francis Manipole. So the Unwrapped Editions, if you know don't know what these are, they're kind of like artist editions in a sense, but a bit different. So uh, it is usually the pencil work or the pencil and inked work, but usually just the pencil work of the artist for a certain story. So with this, it's collecting Flash 0 through number 8 of the Flan uh, Francis Manipole run of Flash. And it's all of the story. So you get all the word balloons and everything, but you're seeing it all in uh, the original pencils. Uh, they come in hardcover editions. Uh, it is in black and white. Uh, again, obviously it's pencils, but it's just done just like the artist editions where if there is a little bit of color or something like that, you do get to see it. So that's a really cool uh, issue that's coming out. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is if you haven't been getting the trades, which I've been getting the trade version of this, uh, but if you'd like a nicer version, you they do have the new Teen Titans uh, Volume 1 Omnibus hardcover. Uh, this is It says it's new edition, so that means they must have done it before. As omnibus, but I hadn't noticed it before. Uh, this is the Marv Wolfman and George Perez run, uh, with also some art by uh, Kurt Swan and a few other people. But this is the start of the new Teen Titans. So again, I've been getting it in trade version, uh, which I hope continues. Uh, but they've been doing—they're uh, starting to do this collected hardcover omnibus editions, which are really nice to get. Uh, speaking of omnibus. Uh, they are starting the Legion of Superheroes Silver Age Omnibus, Volume 1. And this is the beginnings of the Silver Age version of the Legion of Superheroes, which I have read very little of. I got into the Legion of Superheroes in the 90s when uh, Zero Hour finished. So I read the last stories of those uh, before the relaunch. So what they did was they had the Legion of Superheroes, I think it was called End of an Era, and I read that story as a six-part story, and then it faded to white like everything else did for Zero Hour. And then the Zero Hour event happened, and when they came back with their issue Zero, they started brand new, as if none of the past Legion of Superhero stories ever happened. You got to start fresh and new, didn't need to know anything about the Legion of Superheroes, and you could start reading. They changed some of the characters' names, uh, like Lightning Lad was uh, Livewire had things like that that happened. But it was basically a retelling of their origins, a retelling of all the characters coming together, and it was done really well. I actually have every single issue from that point going forward, and uh, it was a very awesome, cohesive story. 
I've always been interested in going back and reading some of the early stories. I have a couple archive editions of Legion of Superheroes, but this is going to be a nice collection, collected edition to actually go back and read some of these stories. And speaking of collected editions for Legion of Superheroes, uh, there's also Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes Volume 1 hardcover that's also coming out. And this has uh, the storylines of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, uh, issues 234 through 240. So this has the Wedding of Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. Uh, it has uh, the terraforming of the surface world of, of Brawl. So there's all these really cool stories. It was written by Jerry Conway, so totally worth checking out for that reason. Uh, you have art that's being done by uh, Mike Grell and Jim Starlin and Walter Simonson, some big names there. There's also some, uh, some of the stories are written by Paul Levitz, who is a longtime Legion of Superheroes writer. Um, just a really cool collective edition there. Uh, and I would say it's probably one that you could pick up if you just wanted to check out Legion of Superheroes, if you don't want to go all the way in with the omnibus, but you kind of want to check something out. Also, last month, I believe it was, uh, you could pre-order uh, for coming out in April, uh, the Legion of Superheroes uh, trade that started the 90s run that I gravitated towards and really enjoyed. So if you want an even cheaper version and a good place to jump on to see if you would like Legion of Superheroes, I would recommend getting that trade. I believe it's called like A New Beginning or, or something along those lines. But it's just a trade that collects the first few stories and uh that would be a great place to jump on as well. Again, a lot cheaper version. We just mentioned Jerry Conway. Another collected edition I wanted to mention is Tales of the Batman, Jerry Conway hardcover. I have been getting a lot of these Batman stories, uh, collected editions that focus on a particular artist or a particular writer. They're amazing. Uh, you really go back to those early stories of Batman some of the most monumental stories of Batman that you just maybe never read. They are absolutely great for that, so uh, I can't recommend these these nice hardcover editions enough. They're beautiful to look at, and they're awesome stories inside. And you'll read stuff that you're just like, like some of the most zany stuff for Batman, but also some of the cool dark stuff for Batman. And you'll get to see where some of these characters came from, and some maybe some different takes on characters that you haven't seen in a long time. There's also the Wonder Woman by George Perez, Volume 2, but you can also order Volume 1. It's being resolicited. Again, love George Perez, and his Wonder Woman run was done really well. Uh, going into IDW, we have... Uh, they're doing an interesting thing this month with IDW. They are doing a Funko uh, Universe month. So there's going to be several covers of issues that you know. They're going to have like the Funko Pop look to the characters on the cover. But what they're also doing is they're also going to do four one-shots that are Funko Universe one-shots. So it is characters that we know in the Funko Pop version, and it's a story with them looking like the Funko Pop version. And some of these are related to the Star Joe's universe. So we actually have Ghostbusters Funko Universe, and we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Funko Universe. So they look like they're kind of fun, kitty-style stories. I'm actually looking forward to them, and I want to check them out. So, uh, And they have all different types of covers and everything else. Uh, you can get the ones that have the actual figures on the cover. You have uh, just some uh, subscription covers and everything else. Um, they're 
like I said, pretty fun looking. They also have uh, X-Files Funko Universe, which that one seems like it'd be really interesting. And there's a Strawberry Shortcake one as well. Going further into it, there is a Back to the Future number 20 uh, is there. And this continues a storyline called Hard Time uh, that involves Marty and Doc, uh, Doc Brown, of course. And it looks like from the regular cover that Doc Brown and Marty might both be in jail. Obviously, the name Hard Time. Uh, again, I'm kind of catching up on Back to the Future. They do, of course, have a Funko cover, uh, Funko Universe cover with Marty as a Funko Pop doing the uh, Chuck Berry guitar on stage moment. There's also Ghostbusters 101 number three, and this is kind of bringing everything together of the Ghostbusters universe. So it brings the current or recent uh movie version characters with the original characters with some of the additional characters that have been added into the uh, IDW universe. Uh, you even have the, I know they've been including the rookie from the uh, video game and they still have never named him. Uh, he's still just referred to as the rookie uh, or they just call him rookie sometimes. But the art is by Dan Schoening, who is by far, in my opinion, the best person you can have on the Ghostbusters comic. Uh, I love it every time I see him on there. He's on, he's in those issues most of the time, but there are times when he does not do the art, and you can definitely tell the difference. Uh, he just brings a certain style to these characters that is undeniable. Uh, there's also Back to the Future, Biff to the Future, number five. Uh, this is a mini series that they're doing that involves Biff uh, traveling and manipulating time. Uh, and then a big one that's coming out in May is Hasbro Heroes Sourcebook number one. So what this is, is if you've been following the Hasbro universe, if you followed Revolution, uh, they really are tying in, you know, G.I. Joe and Transformers and Micronauts and uh, Action Man and Rom and uh, Mask uh, all together into one universe. And... What they decided to do is, for anyone that might not be familiar with these characters, they're creating a source book, which is these character profile pages, which I absolutely love. I love it when I get like profile reference books or pages. Um, I, I'll admit, I wish that this was just going to be like a nice big hardcover collection of all this stuff. I'm sure they're going to come out with that later. Uh, but right now they're doing the issues, which is really cool because that means we can get a bunch of them coming out on a regular basis and get, get a lot of this reference material. Uh, I do know that Robert Atkins, uh, my fellow co-host, is doing some of the art for some of the pages, so that's really cool. Uh, really looking forward to seeing a lot of uh, what they do with with uh, the source book uh, and seeing what it looks like. Uh, we also have G.I. Joe number six uh, coming out, and we have G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 240. I have still been collecting G.I. Joe. I am way behind on it. I What I plan on doing and is, for those of you who have been following the YouTube channel, uh, I have been slowly releasing the Revolution reviews. Uh, in fact, by the time you listen to this one, I'll have Revolution uh, ROM Revolution number one out, which is still early in the Revolution series. I am going to be working my way through all of the Revolution, and then when I'm done with that, I'm going to do a, a nice... Uh, story arc review for some of the titles that came out after Revolution. So that would include stuff like G.I. Joe. That will include stuff like uh, Mask and uh, some of the Transformers titles and things like that. So uh, 
look forward to that in the future on the YouTube reviews. I am intentionally not reading Revolution ahead of Revolution. I'm reading them as I go. And then, like I said, once I'm done, I'm going to do some chunk reading. And one of the chunk readings I'm doing, going to be doing is Revolutionaries. Uh, and on page 168 of previews, we have Revolutionaries number six, uh, which has a really cool subscription cover. It looks like it has, uh, some old G.I. Joe adventure team going on on the subscription cover. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm going to uh, probably do a story arc or two as a review for Revolutionaries by the time I get to that. Uh, there's also Aw Yeah Revolution, which is Art Balthazar, and uh, it it's really just a fun tongue-in-cheek take on the whole Revolution uh, storyline, and I think it's a lot of fun, so I would definitely check that out. Uh, we have Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command number seven, and Micronauts Wrath of Karza number two. So the Wrath of Karza, it looks like it's a miniseries uh, from everything that I could tell. The Micronaut series stopped, and this Wrath of Karza started, so uh, I don't think it's taking place in Micronauts. I have a feeling Micronauts will come back after Wrath of Karza finishes. Um, then we have a whole bunch of Transformers goodness. You have Transformers Till All Are One, number 10, which is the only title that didn't stop when Revolution started, uh, and that's because it had just started itself. So uh, it's up to issue number 10. Uh, you have also have the Lost Light, uh, Transformers Lost Light number six, which took the place of uh, Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. Uh, you have Optimus Prime number seven, which Optimus Prime uh, took over for the regular Transformers title that was going on, which was Robots in Disguise at one point, and then it just became known as Transformers. Now it's just Optimus Prime. So now a couple other things that are uh, coming out in May is Transformers Epic Battles. This is like a uh, trade paperback that just kind of shows um, the some epic battles that happen in the Generation 1 era. It's just collected. Uh, it's going to be a lot of stories that you've already read and seen. There's nothing new in this, but it's kind of cool just for you want to pick up a trade and just get a taste of Transformers. Or you just want to uh, read some of the bigger stories, some of the bigger battles that happen. That's a good one to, to pick up. Uh, then there's also Transformers Autocracy Trilogy in trade paperback form. They came out with a hardcover edition of this just recently, and the hardcover edition is phenomenal. I love the IDW hardcovers. The hardcover collections that they do are absolutely amazing. They're nice. They're sturdy. They pack a lot of material in, in there, and it's for a really great price. Um, they're typically like 50 bucks, but if you go on Amazon or you get it through DCB service or in stock trades, a lot of times you get them for like $30 and a nice hardcover collection that has like usually 12 to 13 issues in it for like 30 bucks. You can't beat that. And, uh, the autocracy was beautiful art by Livio, uh, Raimondelli. Uh, the stories were really cool. It includes the autocracy monstrosity and primacy series, uh, that were done. They were originally, uh, digital stories, and then they were put into trade format, and then now they've been collected into a hardcover, and in May is the softcover edition is coming out of that. Uh, you also have Transformers Optimus Prime Volume 1 uh, coming out, which collects issues 1 through 6 of the Optimus Prime series. Uh, going into ROM, we have ROM issue number 11. I am still reading ROM. I haven't enjoyed it up until Revolution. I'm hoping that once I get through Revolution and start reading ROM again after that, 
that I will enjoy it because it is a character I really love and really enjoy the character. Um, but I just haven't really been enjoying the IDW version of it as of yet, but I'm hoping that'll change. Uh, you also have volume two of the uh, ROM storyline, which collects issues five through eight and the 2017 annual, uh, which has the origin of ROM. Uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, we have number 70 is coming out for uh, Turtles. I think that's just awesome that they IDW has been doing so well with Turtles that it has got it has reached issue number 70. I just think that's amazing, and they have been doing a really great job with it. Uh, I really am enjoying the the Turtles uh, ongoing series. I like how it's it's kind of taken a life of its own. Like I don't know if they knew that this is where the story was going to go, but you have characters like Old Hob and everything else. They're kind of getting their own storylines going and things are happening with them that I don't think that they could have predicted early on. Um, this is part four of Desperate Measures, uh, and it's a whole standoff between the humans and the mutants, and I'm sure this is going to lead right into the whole Dimension X story that's going to be going on. Uh, we also have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number 10. Uh, typically, this focuses on other characters besides the turtles, but some of the issues have focused on the turtles, so it's kind of weird because that was what they originally came out saying, like, this is going to focus on all the side characters and maybe some of the villains and things like that. And then, like, issue two or something like that dealt with one of the turtles. It was, I was like, okay, that's weird. But this issue does seem like it's focusing on uh, Toad Baron and Alapex uh, and the character of Nobody, which is one of the turtles' allies. She was a... Uh, gang member in charge of a gang group and she splintered off from them and she got this suit that allows her to be invisible and she can attack and everything you know like has really cool attack equipment in it she's uh been called nobody ever since then uh, just because she can't be seen going into a little bit further into idw we do have a whole slew of my little pony stuff out there for all the bronies and fans of my little pony that are out there I wanted to mention this because, number one, it is 80s property, so uh, it's always cool if you're interested in that type of stuff. But they're going to have uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Volume 12, which collects issues 48 through 53, which was a chaos theory story. Uh, believe it or not, I got the issues of 48 through 50. I knew that they were coming out with their 50th issue, and it's one of those milestone issues, you know, when you reach 50 or you reach 100, sometimes when you reach 25 or 75, those are considered sometimes milestone issues as well. But uh, definitely the 50 issues and the 100 issues and, you know, 150, 200 and so on, those are really big deals. Like if a story, a comic series gets to those numbers, you know, you figure that means My Little Pony has been going on for four years at least. So so it, that's really cool. Uh, so. I picked up the uh, issue 50, and then I saw it was part three of a story, so I went back and got issues 48 and 49. I am going to do a YouTube review of uh, issue number 50, uh, so look for that coming soon. You also have like Twilight Kingdom, uh, which looks like it's a trade paperback. If, again, if you're into My Little Pony, there is plenty of goodness from IDW for you. Uh, going into Image, uh, we have a surprising title but one that I'm actually really interested in uh, is Youngblood is coming back. Uh, Youngblood came out in the 90s. This is when Image first started. 
And what they did was, uh, this is when Image was really kind of focused on a lot of the artists. The stories were okay. Some were better than others. Uh, Youngblood was a top seller, uh, especially the number one issue. I think you can find them for like a dime at a lot of places. But it was a really popular title. Uh, they are bringing it back. This is a whole new take on Youngblood. I don't know how much you really need to know from before. Uh, and just to let you know, Youngblood number one, this is the 25, 25th anniversary of Youngblood. So 25 years ago is when Youngblood came out. So it was right in the 90s, which is the huge 90s boom. Uh, that's when the first Youngblood came out. It seems like they're bringing back some old classic characters, but also bringing some new characters in. This seems like it's gonna, it's meant to be a very good jumping on point that you don't need to know anything about Youngblood previously to read this. I'm sure it helps if you have read Youngblood in the past. There's probably little nods and, and everything else and obviously characters you're going to recognize. But this seems like it's a good jumping on point. It is not being done by Rob Liefeld, even though there is going to be a cover done by him. But they're also resoliciting the collected editions of Youngblood. So there is a uh, image first Youngblood number one, which is just like the dollar version of the first issue. Like I said, if you really want the first issue of the actual first issue, you could probably find it relatively cheap in, in the back issue bins. In fact, there might be comic shops that are willing to just give you that issue if you're buying other stuff. But there's also Youngblood Volume uh, 1 hardcover. So uh, I'm actually kind of interested in, in the collected edition. I have not ever read, I've never read any of the uh, Youngblood stuff. So I've, I've never picked it up and read it. It just, to me, it came across as very 90s, like... It's kind of, the, I hate to say it, but the 90s garbage that was just out there that people always criticize the 90s for. This just kind of came across as that. Uh, but now that the 90s are more of that nostalgia type feel, like, I do want to check it out. I want to kind of see what those stories were like. And uh, I'm definitely checking out the uh, image new relaunch of it as well. Uh, speaking of the 90s, Spawn, number one, is also celebrating its 25th anniversary. And there's going to be a director's cut of that. Uh, so that's really cool. They're also doing a Spawn Vault edition, which, again, comes across as like an artist edition. So if you really like McFarlane art, uh, which is awesome, this is probably something you want to check out. Now, it is very pricey. Uh, it's also very large, uh, as an artist edition typically is. So it's 12.25 uh, inches by 17.25 inches, so pretty big. But and it's 200 pages. It doesn't really say which issues it covers. It just says never reformed published original art. And I have to imagine like issue one is probably in there. If not all of it, at least some of it. And uh, But it is $175. So you really need to be a diehard Spawn fan to, to want to jump in on that. Going into more image, uh, Rat Queens it has relaunched. Uh, Rat Queens number three is being solicited for May. Uh, number one has already come out. Rat Queens was a storyline I absolutely loved and uh, really enjoyed reading it. Uh, they stopped it for a little while. Uh, there was some issues with the artist that was on it, some uh, uh, some not so savory things about the artist that was on it that happened. They took him off the book. They brought in a substitute, uh, and then that only lasted a little while. Uh, they just recently did a relaunch. Uh, it's still the same uh, writer from what I can tell, and I really enjoyed the uh, the previous series, so this is something I would definitely recommend checking out. 
It's Rat Queens is basically it's a group of four female characters who kind of do mercenary work and everything. Uh, it is very raunchy. Uh, it is not meant for kids, uh, but it takes place in a fantasy world. So you have orcs and you have elves and dwarves and all that type of stuff going on. So I, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Also from Image, uh, we have our buddy Greg Schiegel, who we I think we mentioned in a past episode, uh, signed with Image to have his uh, Picks storyline uh released through them so pix is p-i-x uh so they did have his volume one released and it is being offered again in this month's previews uh but his volume two is coming out as well and it's uh called two super for school and it's a pix is a very fun story it's got great art i really enjoyed the first volume so uh i picked it up after we had talked with greg and uh He's doing a really great job. I would definitely say it's something if you just want like a lighter tone, but something that's still really fun to read. Definitely check this out. I would rec highly recommend getting uh, volume two. It's 200 pages and it's only $12.99 for 200 pages. So definitely worth checking out. Can't recommend it enough. Like I said, I did read the, the first uh, volume. So wanted to mention that. Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume 11 I, uh, hardcover. I wanted to mention this. For a couple reasons. One is this is how I collect Invincible. I never got on the Invincible bandwagon when it first started, uh, which I regret because I've heard how amazing it was, or heard how amazing it was. And then once I heard how amazing it was, I saw that they came out with these Ultimate Collections, and so I started getting those. And I have all the way through Volume 10. Uh, this is Volume 11 that is being solicited, and this takes you up to Issue 132. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because Issue 132 it drops you off right at where the series is right now. So there was an issue that just came out recently that starts the end of Invincible. So Invincible as a title is ending. It has a storyline going on right now that closes off, closes out everything that's going on with the Invincible character. Uh, so this hardcover volume takes you right up to that point. So if it's something that you've been reading or you want to read and you want to get these hardcover editions, I can't recommend them enough. They are really cool. Invincible is really amazing. It goes in directions that you don't expect a superhero title to go in. Robert Kirkman writes it. Uh, Ryan Otley draws most of it, most of the series, I should say. And they, it's brutal. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of fighting that goes on, uh, but there's a lot of twists that you don't see coming. There's a lot of character development. Uh, it's done really well, but Kirkman intentionally goes in directions you don't expect him to. Going into some of the rest of the book before we touch on to Marvel, uh, Aftershock Comics. I've been really impressed with Aftershock Comics. I've enjoyed a lot of their stuff. Uh, the Black Eyed Kids uh, horror comic is really good. Uh, the Rough Riders comic has been really good. Alters, I've really enjoyed. Uh, they've also done uh, American Eagles, which was a uh, storyline based on the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, that was done really well. They're coming out with a, a new series called The Normals. And I just wanted to read the uh, preview solicitation for it because it, it just sounds really interesting. So it's, it says, uh, think about your life for a moment. The people you've known, the ones you've loved, and all the stuff in between. Now imagine you learned that everything you believed, everything you lived, everything you felt never actually happened. It was all not real. 
but it is real to you. And now you must fight to save it and everyone you love. But to do that, you first have to save the world. Welcome to the Normals, an exciting new rush of uh, rush of blood to the head series from Aftershock Comics. So that sounds just really interesting to me. I am not typically one for like slice of life type stories or stories that seem they could like they could just take place in the real world. So when I saw the title The Normals, I was like, oh great, is this a story about like a family and we're just kind of following that family along? It's almost like, you know, reality show type thing. But then I read what it was about. It's like, okay, this seems interesting. So and it's written by Adam Glass and Adam Glass, you know, I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff written by him. So um, Aftershock's doing a really good job with a lot of their stuff. Uh, going further into the book, uh, we have from American Mythology. I mentioned them earlier doing the uh, free comic book day of Underdog. Uh, they also have Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, so issue number one is coming out, and I'm going to check out the first issue. Uh, I liked Casper as a kid. It was always a very interesting take. It was very kid-friendly, but uh, but still a pretty fun cartoon. Uh, again, it's something I'll check out the first issue. Uh, definitely something I would recommend for a younger audience to check out. So if you have kids and you liked Casper as a kid as I did, uh, might be worth uh, passing along to them. I also wanted to mention American Mythology because uh, they mentioned that they uh, have the rights now to Rocky and Bullwinkle, which we uh, Shannon actually mentioned in the last episode. So uh, we're looking at uh, Rocky and Bull Bullwinkle Connick coming out soon. So I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. Uh, jumping ahead to Boom Studios, uh, we have, uh, you know I had to mention this. If you saw previews, you probably saw this and said, Ryan's going to mention that if he talks about it at all. And that's Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal Tales. It's a hardcover. Uh, it's actually an advanced solicitation for July. So this uh, hardcover edition is not coming out until July. But that's really cool. I, I love learning more about that universe. I love world building type stories. So that's why I like uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and uh, Alice in Wonderland type stories and uh, Wizard of Oz, all that type of stuff where you're building these worlds. You know, Lord of the Rings is the same way. Uh, it's just you're building these worlds with all these fantastical creatures and its own rules and everything else. And I love when they delve more into those types of stories. Uh, speaking of which, there's also Jim Henson's The Power of the Dark Crystal, uh, issue number four of 12. The first issue has come out. I have not read it yet, but it looked really good. And uh, this is obviously a big miniseries. Uh, it, it does deal with uh, Jen and Kira as they're dealing with the chaos of the uh, Skeksis and some of the other characters that have uh, been involved with that whole uh, storyline. So that's really cool. Also coming out in May is the title I mentioned last episode, which is Misfit City. I think I said the Misfits or something like that, but it was actually Misfit City. So with Misfit City, I'm actually going to read uh, a little bit of the solicitation here uh, just because I don't know if I did such a great job in the last episode, but it says nothing's happened in Wilder's hometown since they filmed that cult kids adventure movie there in the 80s. But that's ancient history until one day she and her friends came upon a centuries old pirate map drawn by someone named Black Mary and find out there might be some real adventure in their tiny town after all. So the this is like the female version of the Goonies, because the Goonies, even though they had some female characters in the original Goonies, 
most of the Goonies, well, actually, the Goonies themselves were all guys. So this is like the women getting together and all the all the girls getting together for an adventure involving, it seems like, a female pirate and stuff. So that could be interesting. I do like the fact that they don't even mention the Goonies because it seems like maybe they don't have the rights to do that. I know I mentioned that last episode, but you can even see like one of the uh, variant covers is them drawing, the girls drawing stuff on a movie poster that says the Gloomies. So again, they probably can't say Goonies, but uh, it's obviously following a very similar storyline. I think it's going to be worth checking out. Uh, speaking of things worth checking out, uh, if you're just looking for something fun to read uh, and you are a Green Lantern fan like myself, uh, Boom Studios has been doing a Planet of the Apes Green Lantern story. Uh, they've already had issues one and two come out uh, and number four is solicited for May. Uh, I've read the first issue. I haven't read the second issue yet, but I read the first issue and it's pretty good. Uh, the art's good. The story's good. It's really interesting how it happens. But basically, some of the apes get rings, power rings, and uh, there's a special power ring that uh, gets involved as well. So, like I said, if you're looking for something to not take so seriously, but still is kind of like a cool action story. Like, it's not that it doesn't take the story seriously, but it's, again, apes, and Planet of the Apes and Green Lantern. You're not going to be taking that too seriously. But uh, it's not done tongue-in-cheek or anything like that. It is a fun action story. So, like I said, worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of both properties. Um, Then I mentioned Chapter House earlier. So Chapter House has Captain Canuck, number one, coming out in May. So right after Free Comic Book Day happens, uh, you will have uh, issue number one of this new series coming out. Uh, And then if you wanted to read some of the past uh, Captain Canuck, They also have Volume 1, Aleph Trade Paperback, uh, which collects a miniseries, Issue 1 through 6 from the past. And then there's also Captain Canuck's Series 1 Compendium, which collects stories from 1975 through 1981 that uh, featured Captain Canuck. So again, this is a character that's been around for a while. So uh, if you want to catch up on where the character came from, you get these collected editions. But again, if not, it seems like you can totally read just Captain Canuck number one and be totally fine. I know the character from the cover appears to uh, be part of a team as well. Uh, There was an issue that came out just this month called Agents of Pact, P-A-C-T. And uh, it came out just a week or two ago. And my comic shop, unfortunately, didn't have it. Uh, I was able to track down a copy of it uh, that's coming to me. Uh, but it looks like Captain Canuck is part of that group. So, again, they're creating this chapter house uh, universe. Uh, they're just calling it the chapter verse. So it kind of seems like they're trying to tie a lot of these, thing, these things together. Another part of the chapter verse, which is going to be starting uh, in May, is called Phantoma, uh, number one. And it says uh, the chapter verse continues with this brand new series, 24 year old Paz uh, Gallegos has been holding her family together for years. But when her two sisters go missing and her life begins to unravel, Paz finds herself thrown into a world of gangs, guns, and ghosts. Because something spectral is lurking just below the surface of Paz's nightmares. Something not afraid to leave a trail of bodies in its wake. Fantima's story begins here, in a pulse-pounding first issue brought to you by Ray Fox and Sue Lee. So, it 
ties into what I was mentioning before, where it seems like this chapter verse has superheroes, but it also has like this otherworldly type mystery stuff going on. And with Phantoma, you obviously have ghosts going on, uh, but you also have gangs going, you know, uh, going on as well. So, uh, like I said, it's something I'm interested in checking out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, speaking of universes, <laughs> going into uh, Dynamite comics. They came out a f maybe a couple months ago with the Art of Atari book, and they resolicited it recently uh, for those that weren't able to get it. And uh, the book is awesome, but they did mention that they were going to start coming out with comics related to the Atari universe. And I was very excited about that. Like, what could it be? Because I loved old Atari games, but obviously there wasn't a whole lot of story involved with them. So th the possibilities were endless. Like, you know, can you make a story involving Centipede and, and uh, Space Invaders and things like that? And there definitely is a way to do that. So the first one that they're doing is Sword Quest. Now, I am not too familiar with Sword Quest from Atari. Uh, I actually want to look into it to see if it was an actual game. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, but it's under the Atari banner. But basically, again, I'm going to read the solicitation for this because it does seem interesting. It seems like a unique take on that. Uh on the idea. So you have Peter Case was a, a boy on a quest, a quest to win the prizes from Atari's Sword Quest Challenge. He was counting down the days to the release of the final game, Airworld, only to be shattered when the news surfaced that it would never be released. Now Peter is an adult and things aren't going well. The bad news is he has moved back uh, in with his mo uh, mother. The, news, the good news is uh, she still has all the old Atari stuff. But with nothing else to look forward to, his obsession with Sword Quest is reignited in a more um, interesting way. couple things with this. One is I do remember there being some uh, Atari games that came out. Like there was Earthworld and Fireworld. So that was all part of the Sword Quest. Now that I'm, I'm reading that Air, there was Airworld that was supposed to come out. I do remember those. I think I played them real briefly again, like role-playing games at that time with Atari. Like I think the one that I played a lot was Adventure, but I didn't really touch a whole lot of the other ones. Uh, and I think I stayed away from Sword Quest just because I did know it was part of a bigger series, so I didn't know where to start. Like Again, I was thinking, is there a story involved that I need to know, and where do I begin? So here's the really cool thing with this one. The first issue is 25 cents. So... It is totally worth picking up the first issue for a quarter just to kind of see what is this all about? You know, is this going to be something I enjoy? Again, you're dealing with something, you know, Sword Quest, obviously a fantasy type story, but you're dealing with someone in the real world that dealt with it. And it seems like uh, from some of the covers and everything else, like that fantasy world is going to be tied into his real world probably relatively soon. So... Like I said, for a quarter, you can't go wrong. So I'm very interested to see what they do with this whole Atari series. Um, then jumping way ahead to Titan Comics, uh, we have Tekken number one of four. So it's a brand new series for Tekken. If you are into the fighting games of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and all that, this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, another series, mini series is coming out that's based on a video game, which Titan Comics seems to be... Cornering, cornering the market on a lot of the video game properties. Uh, I know Dark Horse has done some. I know IDW has done a few. And there's been some other ones out there. But Titan Comics has really been embracing it, it seems like. And they've been fairly successful. They've been doing like Dark Souls. They've been doing Assassin's Creed. I've really enjoyed the Assassin's Creed uh, comics that came out from uh, Titan. So 
but here they're going to be doing Little Nightmares. I don't know anything about this video game. It's coming out for the PS4 in April. This comic's going to come out in May. It's tied into that storyline. Uh, but the thing that has me intrigued is it's some of the reviews and everything else. It just says, enter the terrifying and unpredictable comic series based on one of the most hotly anticipated games of 2017, which, of course, they always say that. But it says, the first thing that strikes you about this game is its jaw-dropping art style, reminiscent of Neil Gaiman's uh, Coraline or an early Tim Burton film. Well, I thought Coraline was awesome. I love early Tim Burton stuff like Nightmare Before Christmas and things like that. Um, and the art style for this comic series, uh, miniseries, seems to be in line with that. You have this weird-looking, mutated-looking chef that's uh, chasing down a little kid-looking character that's got like a hood and carrying a little light around with it. It looks interesting. I'm going to check this out. I don't really see myself playing the game, but the comic, the interior pages that they're showing for the comic look really interesting. Looks like enough to, and for a four-part miniseries, uh, I think it's worth checking out. So uh, jumping ahead to Viz Media, this is uh, touching on the stuff that I mentioned earlier in the episode, which is the Legend of Zelda uh, special editions. So they're calling these the legendary editions, and the and that's where I mean, like, if you're going to call something a legendary edition or absolute edition or something big and fancy like that, I feel like it should be a hardcover edition. But it's not. Uh, but that's okay. I, like I said, I enjoyed the ones that have come out so far. This one covers two different uh, games that were out there, the Minish Cap and Phantom Hourglass. I believe both of them were Game Boy games or uh, one of the handheld game. Uh, I know Minish Cap was. But yeah, so I've never played those Legend of Zelda games. I've played a lot of Legend of Zelda games, but those two I have not played. And so I'm kind of interested in just the story and kind of see how it goes. Jumping ahead to Xenoscope. Uh, Xenoscope is interesting for me because I recently did pick up some of their stories that weren't their typical like cheesecake, beefcake type uh, stories where... Uh, you know, they, they put all the hot girls into the story, uh, and everything else. Like they do good stories, but they're definitely known for what the style that they do and everything else. But they did do a series called evil heroes, which Robert did some covers for, uh, they're doing right now spirit hunters, uh, which I I've been enjoying. So, and it's a different take. It's not, again, it's not the typical type of thing that you see from Zenoscope. Now, one of the things I do enjoy from Xenoscope that is their typical style of story is the Wonderland stories. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alice in Wonderland. The Xenoscope versions are really cool, twisted takes. They're really dark. They're really bizarre. They're very twisted. Uh, there is a one-shot that's coming out called The Birth of Madness. And this basically tells the story of Wonderland before Alice arrived, before the madness took over. And it just kind of talks about, uh, it kind of goes over what happened to cause the madness to occur. So I am interested in this one shot. I have a lot of the trades for the Wonderland series. I've really enjoyed that. Again, it's a twisted take on the Wonderland stuff. Jumping ahead into books, we have Planet of the Apes Tops Trading Cards Hardcover. We've been getting, uh, over the last several months and last year, tops collected hardcovers of the Star Wars uh, cards that came out. So you had 
A New Hope, you had Empire Strikes Back, you had Return of the Jedi. All of those came out in hardcover editions that showed every single card and gave you a little bit of information about a lot of the cards and everything else, like what went into that card and uh, how rare it was and things like that. So they're doing it with Planet of the Apes as well, and I really love the original Planet of the Apes movie, so I never collected the cards, uh, but I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, it is a hardcover book. Uh, they are smaller hardcover books. They're 7 inches by 6 inches, but they're only 25 bucks, and you could probably get it even cheaper than that, again, through like Amazon or if you're pre-ordering it. Then uh, also in books, we have Star Wars Rogue One Rebel Rising. So this, again, deals with the early stories of Jin Erso, uh, and her time with Saw and all that. So it seems like this is going to tell the story of why Jin left Saw uh, or why Saw left Jin behind, basically. Uh, so I'm really interested in that. I wanted to learn more about those characters. And then there's also Star Wars Rogue One Guardians of the Wills. And I didn't realize the Wills was spelled differently. I thought it was just W-I-L-L-S. Uh, it's actually W-H-I-L-L-S. Uh, this is a young reader's book, but it is still something I'm interested in getting. It's 240 pages. I have gotten some of the young reader books in the past uh, that Del Rey used to uh, create. And some of those are really good, and they introduce more information than you might think. And for Star Wars, I am really interested in learning more about the characters of uh, uh, Kiru and, uh, and Baze and everything else. So... Uh, it seems like it's going to delve into more of their past. And I also want to know what the Guardians of the Wills is, because it just seems like it's a different take. That's a different group that is in tune with the Force a bit. So uh, going into the toys, uh, I wanted to mention that they're having another Diamond Select Ghostbusters figure. It's going to be the Marshmallow Winston action figure. So it's how Winston looked after the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man exploded. Uh, this one does not come with a piece for the roof because that will have already been done. There's the last three pieces or the last three figures that have the last three pieces are coming out at the end of this month and uh, of March. And so this is going to have, you know, it's going to come with a display base. Uh, so if you only get this figure, uh, it comes with alternate hands, proton pack, uh, neutrino wand, uh, and he's got 16 points of articulation. These are like seven inch figures. So they're a bit bigger than like your standard six inch. Uh, but he's going to be perfect to go along with the rooftop scene if you're one that collected that as well. Going in uh, further into the toys here, we also have uh, Q figures. Uh, so they're called Q fig, uh, the letter Q and F I G. I have really been enjoying these. Uh, I actually like these better than the Funko Pop ones. They're just like funny little cartoon versions of superhero characters. So I have just a few of them right now. I have uh, the uh, Harley Quinn one from the Suicide Squad movie, uh, but I do want to get the, uh, there is a animated series version of her. Uh, so I want to get that. I do have the Batman 66 version. Even though I'm not a fan of Batman 66, I liked the Batman Q fig that they did for it. Uh, it's just bat this little cartoony looking Batman standing on top of like a gargoyle uh, that you'd see on, on a building. So it looks really cool. Uh, there is a Superman one that I don't have that I want to get, but it's uh, this little cartoony looking Superman in front of the Daily Planet Globe. Uh, there's going to be a Wonder Woman one that comes out. I do have a Captain America one where it's Captain America standing on a rock, giving a salute, holding a shield. Looks really cool. The one that's solicited here is Spider-Man. And it's Spider-Man dangling upside down from a lamppost, 
holding his camera about to take a picture. So again, they're just fun little things. There's a Deadpool one where he's being launched from an explosion behind him. He's got his swords out. Uh, there's a Doctor Strange one where he's casting a spell. So usually they do tie it into movies that are going on and everything. So looking forward to that figure coming out. Uh, also wanted to mention the artifacts uh, figures that are coming out related to Star Wars. And uh, we have Star Wars The Force Awakens. There's a First Order Snoke Trooper and Flame Trooper uh, two-pack that's coming out. And there's also an Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, a New Hope version of Obi-Wan Kenobi that's coming out. And this one's interesting because it comes with bonus parts to recreate Obi-Wan's mysterious disappearance, which is basically his robe laying on the ground with the lightsaber sitting on top of it. So that's the extra pieces that come with it. But then you have Obi-Wan Kenobi holding his lightsaber out uh, in the pose when he was facing off against Darth Vader. I really like the artifacts statues. They're uh, way cheaper than a typical statue. Uh, typical statues will run you like $200, $300. That's not the case with these. And because they're like a plastic resin, I have a Boba Fett one. Uh, when it comes to Star Wars, I've got uh, a bunch of DC Comics ones. They're done really well, and I really do enjoy them. Uh, going into Marvel to close out this episode, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out. So Secret Empire starts in May. Uh, there is going to be a, a zero issue that comes out in April, but uh, number one actually comes out in May. It's a nine-part story, and... From what I can see here, it looks like there's an issue coming out almost every week for it. So you're not going to have to wait very long to go through this big event. But this is the whole thing that's been building with Captain America. Captain America is uh, revealed finally as being a Hydra agent. And how does that affect everyone in the Marvel Universe? It also seems like this story might play into almost a rebirth style thing for Marvel. Because there is a bunch of stuff that's going to be coming out later in the year uh, that we've heard rumors of and everything else. that seems like it's bringing a lot of these characters in the Marvel Universe back to their core roots, just like Rebirth did. So it seems like this might be the catalyst for some of that occurring. Uh, so I'm really interested in Secret Empire. I'm getting caught up right now on uh, Captain America. I am finishing off Civil War II, which I never finished, so I'm in the middle of that right now. And then that'll let me catch up on the Steve Rogers Captain America and the Sam Wilson Captain America, both of which I really have been enjoying. So, And all of that leads right up to the Secret Empire. Uh, there's, of course, going to be a ton of tie-ins for Secret Empire. Uh, I'm not that interested in a lot of the tie-ins other than the stuff that I'm already collecting anyways and, and reading. Um, there's going to be an all-new Guardians of the Galaxy, number one and number two, that's coming out in May. Uh, surprise, surprise, just in time for the movie. Uh, so I was actually kind of surprised they didn't hold off a little bit, like maybe another month or two until it's closer to the movie. Cause I think the movie comes out in August, just like it did last time. But yeah, so it's, uh, but it's a new launch for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel seems to keep wanting to put this whole, whole all new title at the front of anything that they decide to relaunch. So, um, but I'm interested. It's got Star-Lord, it's got, uh, Rocket, it's got Groot. It's got Gamora, Drax, you know, all the characters you know from the movies. Uh, Rocket is also going to be getting a new relaunch. It's just called Rocket. Uh, just recently they launched Rocket Raccoon, which I think is going to go for five or six issues. And now it's gonna, and there's going to be another relaunch. So Marvel's really getting into this whole relaunch craziness. Uh, I don't like that they do that, especially as frequently as they do it. Like it, a series comes out, and instead of titling it a... a 
miniseries. They title it a new ongoing series, and then it goes for five or six issues, and then they do a relaunch. It's like, just call it a miniseries. Uh, I don't know if they're afraid to do that because if they call it a miniseries, then people are going to shy away from getting it and just wait for the trade. I don't know, but it just it does get annoying when they're just relaunching and relaunching and relaunching. Uh, plus, how many times can you change the title because it's a relaunch to help not confuse people? Uh, and speaking of relaunches, they're doing a uh, relaunch called I Am Groot. Uh, so Groot is getting his own series again, uh, or might be a mini-series, who knows? But it's called I Am Groot this time, and it looks like it's dealing with baby Groot. Venom number 150 is coming out. This is uh, basically what it seems like is they've taken every issue of Venom that's ever been created and realized that this would be the 150th issue of Venom. Uh, they are, and because of that, bring, they're bringing Eddie Brock back to the Venom symbiote. So you find out like, well, how did the symbiote get away from Flash Thompson? Uh, you get, uh, how did he merge with, Flat, uh, with Eddie Brock again? Because uh, last time we saw Eddie Brock was anti-Venom, so uh, and that's a character called anti-Venom, not that he was against Venom as an anti-Venom, but actually a character that was called anti-Venom. So then, if you go further into Marvel, there's more Guardians of the Galaxy goodness. Again, just in time for the movie, so there's Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy, and this is a weekly mini series that's going to happen. Issues one through five will happen all through the month of May. Uh, it looks like they're going up against the Shi'ar Empire. Uh, they're going up against some of the other past Guardians characters, like Pip is going to be involved and, and stuff like that. So uh, it looks interesting. Uh, there's other Guardians goodness out that month as well, which you have Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout number one. It uh, looks like it's a it looks like it's a one shot. Uh, actually, it is labeled as a one shot. It's a 40 page one shot. Deals with all the Guardians characters you know. It's just another story with them. And this one is uh, written by Chris Hastings, and art is by Ty Walker. I'm not familiar with Ty Walker. Uh, there is going to be a cover by Ron Lim as well. Uh, and then there's a Star-Lord Annual, number one, which is going to be written by Chip Zdarsky. So, you know, it's going to be very uh, a lot of humor involved and everything else. Uh, it looks interesting. It looks like it's Star-Lord trapped on a desert planet. And on the cover, he is riding uh, a horse-looking character that kind of looks like the horse creature that Ookla would ride in uh, Thundar the Barbarian animated series, that's what it looks like. Uh, so I found that kind of interesting. So going into the Star Wars stuff, uh, we have a uh, Star Wars Screaming Citadel number one. This is the launch of a new crossover story. So the last crossover story that they did in Star Wars was Vader Down, uh, which was amazing. Uh, it crossed over between Darth Vader series, the Star Wars series, and it had its own bookends of Vader Down. I think it was Vader Down 1 and Vader Down 2. That was really done well. It was an amazing story. So I'm looking forward to this as well. This pairs up Luke Skywalker with Dr. Afra, and of course all the other uh, characters show up in the storyline as well. But it starts with Star Wars The Screaming Citadel number 1, then it, uh, part two goes into uh, Star Wars number 31. Then you have Star Wars Dr. Afra number seven is part three. So, uh, and I assume it's going to continue into the next month as well. Uh, then you have Star Wars Darth Maul number four of five. Uh, this is continuing the whole Darth Maul story uh, miniseries. It kind of gives some more background to Darth Maul and everything. Uh, then you have Star Wars Poe Dameron number 14 and 15. 
Poe Dameron is one of those series where, much like the character, if you just like a fun Star Wars story, a fun adventure story, and you and you kind of miss the old Rogue One sto- uh, comic series that was done, or uh, X-Wing series that was done, uh, not Rogue One, the Ro- Rogue Squadron series, or the X-Wing series that was done, then this is the one you you would want to pick up, because it does have that feel of that old X-Wing series. Uh, Then we have Star Wars Rogue One Adaptation, number two of six. So uh, I know for a fact, if they follow suit, once this miniseries is done, they are going to release a hardcover collected edition of uh, the movie, uh, which is how I've been getting them. So uh, then pretty exciting. I really was excited to see this. It's Star Wars, the Marvel UK Omnibus hardcover. So there's stories by Archie Goodwin, Chris Claremont, uh, Alan Moore, uh, art by Walt Simonson, Dave Cockrum, uh, Alan Davis, Carmine Infantino. So what this is, is these are Star Wars stories that were released over in the UK that we never saw over here. Uh, so you have stuff like Star Wars Weekly stories in here, Empire Strikes Back monthly stories in here, uh, Star Wars monthly stories. There's Ewoks Annual num- from 1989. There's Star Wars, the official collector's edition, and then Pizzazz, which was a series that was over in the UK as well, issues 10 through 16. So these are all Star Wars stories that we never saw here in the United States uh, and all collected in a nice hardcover edition. So definitely worth checking out. Star Wars, Darth Vader by Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. Omnibus just collects the entire series, uh, including the Vader down stuff that we just talked about. So it has... Uh, Darth Vader's issues 1 through 25, the annual number one, Star Wars Vader Down, and Star Wars issues 13 and 14, which were part of the Vader Down storyline. So if you liked the Darth Vader series uh, and you want a nice collected edition, this is the route to go. It's all together in one big hardcover for you. I loved the Darth Vader series. I thought it was fantastic. And just so you know, if you didn't see the news already... Darth Vader is going to have another ongoing series coming out. Uh, I believe it's in July. I'm really looking forward to that as well. I believe it's going to be written by Charles Soule, and I really enjoy Charles Soule's uh, work. So I'm looking forward to that. He, I believe, wrote the, uh, if I remember right, he wrote the Lando Calrissian miniseries that came out from Marvel uh, just like a year or so ago, and that was really good. Uh, If you have not been reading Dr. Afra. Uh, I've really been enjoying the series. Uh, If you really like that character, you like the droids that she has with with, uh, BT and Triple Zero. Volume one of the trade paperback is coming out in May, so you want to pick that up. Uh, I just mentioned Poe Dameron. Uh, Volume two of the trade paperback, which collects issues eight through 13, is coming out in May. And then Star Wars Volume five, Yoda's Secret War trade paperback. Uh, This collects Star Wars issues 26 through 30 and annual number two. So just recently they ended uh, a story with Yoda in it uh, where it's a past Yoda story, uh, early days of Yoda style story and uh, read from read by Luke in Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, journal. And it's interesting because Obi-Wan Kenobi in the journal does not mention the name Yoda. So you're they were very smart in making sure that. Luke could read a story about a Jedi Master, uh, which was Yoda, but not know the name Yoda or never see the name Yoda, uh, so that when Empire Strikes Back actually happens, it's still a unique name to him. It's a name he doesn't know, he's not familiar with. So uh, they were very smart in how they did that. 
Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is uh, Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collections, Craven's Last Hunt. This collects everything tied into Craven's Last Hunt, just and and then some. So uh, if you've never read that story, it is a phenomenal story. It's it is a Spider-Man story, but it's almost not. It's more of a Craven story. Um, but you know there is a lot of Spider-Man in it as well. It is done phenomenally, and if you've not read it, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories I've ever read. So uh, definitely go uh, check that out. I love the epic collections that they've been doing, especially the Star Wars ones, of course. But Marvel has been doing a great job with the epic collections. Uh, I have quite a few of them, and there there's a lot of content, especially for the price. They're a little pricier than a typical trade. You know, a typical trade's like fifteen to twenty dollars. Um, these are like $35, but you're getting like usually 15 to 20 issues in there. So it's well worth the, the extra money. And again, if you go through Amazon or DCB service or instocktrades.com or something like that, you're going to get it at a big discount. So you'll really get like, get it for the price of a normal trade. You'll, so you'll get all these issues for like 20 bucks. So you really can't beat that. Um, that's everything for previews. Uh, I'm, didn't realize it would go this long, but I'm happy it did. Uh, there was a lot of material I wanted to cover with you guys as far as stuff that's coming out, stuff I'm excited about, stuff that I'm reading. Uh, so let me know what you guys are interested in as far as stuff that's coming out in the future. Uh, there was a lot of things I didn't touch on that I know would probably get some people excited and interested. There's like stuff with the gold key uh, characters. There's Power Rangers stuff out there. There's just a lot of stuff out there that I know people would be interested in. So let me know. Uh, send an email. Uh, send a message through Facebook, uh, whatever you want to do. I'll read it in a future episode. I do have an email uh, from one of our listeners that I'll read next time we record when some of the other group is here with me. But uh, let me give all our information out. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the uh, on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. The fan page, I just pretty much update uh, anything that's going on with the episodes. Uh, the group page is really a community that's been growing every day, and you can uh, take part in it, post stuff uh, related to the show, post geeky stuff that you just enjoy, and carry on in conversations and everything else. The second you put a request in, I will approve it. Uh, I've been posting on both the fan page and the group page every single day a uh, comic cover of the day. So there's a Star Joe's comic cover of the day, which is a comic cover of anything related to the show. It could be a Star Wars cover, a G.I. Joe cover, a He-Man cover, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, anything. Uh, it could be from the past. It could be from recent, uh, a recent past. It could be anything. There's also a Ammo Dump comic cover of the day. And what an Ammo Dump is, if you're new to the show, is a while back, uh, one of our friends and listeners of the show, Rock, had mentioned... Uh, hey, I like hearing your guys' opinions or thoughts on other comics uh, besides ones related to the show. Uh, he's like, I value your guys' opinion. I just kind of want to hear what other things you guys are reading. And he says, maybe you guys could do a segment like that uh, called the, and he says, maybe call it the Ammo Dump, a little play on uh, a couple things. One, it's a, a little play on uh, the fact of G.I. Joe, because you would have an Ammo Dump, you know, in the military and but it's also a play on basically where some people do their reading, which is on the toilet, <laughs> uh, especially if you have kids. I've heard that's a very popular place to get some comic reading done so you can have some privacy for a little while. 
so it's that's where the ammo dump name came from and we've done some segments of ammo dumps and we've done some whole episodes of ammo dumps and i'll probably do some stuff in the youtube uh channel of some reviews of stuff other stuff i'm reading besides stuff related to the show but it really has taken on a life of its own so what the ammo dump comic covers are is they are comic covers from anything else not related to the show that took that came out in the 1980s so i'm specifically looking for covers that were released in the 1980s of issues that came out then uh for like superman and batman and spider-man and x-men and conan and things like that they're not related to the show but are still uh things that came out in the 80s so uh we've had a lot of uh people really love talking about some of those issues when they they see the covers and everything else so like i said it is a real benefit to actually join the, the group page and the fan page on Facebook. Uh, also, Twitter, it's at Star Joe's Podcast. With Twitter, you pretty much get every update that is out there. So, again, those comic covers I mentioned, uh, I post them on the fan page, but the fan page automatically uploads to the Twitter page. So you would see it on Twitter. The other thing I've been doing is on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, if you follow Star Joe's on Instagram, uh, I post every comic that I'm reading in that moment. I'm a little bit behind with my reviews, but I have been catching up on posting those reviews. Uh, I take a picture of the comic that I'm reading, so it's the actual comic I have in my hand, and I give a short review and a rating for it, and uh, that also gets uploaded to Twitter. So like I said, if you follow Twitter, you're going to get everything. So again, on Twitter, it's at Star Joe's Podcast. On Instagram, it's just look up Star Joe's and, and you should find it. So and I also update on Instagram anytime a new episode comes out. I update that on Facebook and Twitter as well. So if you follow us in any way, shape, or form, you're always going to be updated on when a new episode comes out. Uh, you can also call us and leave us voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. We will play the voicemail on the air and we'll respond to it. Please leave us an iTunes review if that's how you get our episodes. It gives us more exposure. It lets other people know what you think of the show. And we'll also read that on the air. Uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com anytime you wish to. We do have a YouTube channel, and that's me doing comic reviews. Uh, we've gotten a little away from doing comic reviews on the show itself. So I've been doing comic reviews on the YouTube channel. Uh, I have a couple of them coming out. One, like I mentioned earlier, is ROM Revolution number one. Should already be out by the time this episode comes out. Uh, and then I have Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures number one uh, comic review that's coming out. Uh, and then after that, like I said, I'm going to have a My Little Pony review coming out, as well as some more of the Revolution stuff, as well as some other stuff that's come out recently. So definitely check out the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Uh, looking forward to seeing more and more people commenting in there and letting me know what they think of it. I will say that the last episode uh, where I did the review of predator versus aliens number one the quality of it wasn't very good i apologize for that uh i thought i had it all worked out and then when it actually got produced it came out a little darker than i was expecting and the voice and picture didn't really match up that well so just it's something i'm learning as i go i'm just starting off with the youtube stuff so so i learned from mistakes and uh the next one should be better i'm not gonna go back and fix that one i'm just gonna <laughs> move on move forward so that's everything I think of. Oh, we also have, do have Star Joe's merchandise. So we have uh, Star Joe's logo t-shirts. Uh, you can get on a coffee mug, you got a t-shirt, a hoodie, 
uh, and they're real reason, very reasonably priced. Uh, I am not making barely anything off of them. Wanted to keep them pretty close to at cost as possible. So check that stuff out. And uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention is I will be at Wizard World Cleveland uh, on Saturday, the 18th of March. Uh, so very shortly after this episode will come out uh, is when I will be there. Wizard World was very kind and let me have a press pass to go to the show and to be able to share my experience with that with you guys. Uh, I will be going with Chuck. Uh, so if you live in the Cleveland area or near the Cleveland area and you are going to the show and you'd like to see us, we will be there on Saturday. I will have my Star Joe's t-shirt on. Uh, come up and say hi. I will probably record something with Chuck while we're there, uh, maybe on the drive back or something like that. We might record an audio podcast or uh, we'll do some video stuff for the YouTube channel. I know I'm definitely going to be taking some pictures and trying to get some video to kind of show on the YouTube channel about the whole Wizard World event. The guest list is interesting. Of course, I haven't looked at the artist guest list just as of yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure Josh Blaylock's going to be there. Uh, I think I heard. Uh, and But there's going to be a lot of other celebrities there. Gene Simmons is going to be there. Anthony Mackie's going to be there. And you guys know I'm not as interested in the celebrities as, as much as I am the comic stuff that's going on there. So in Wizard World has been trying to do a better job of bringing in more comic-related stuff, but they do focus on a lot of the other media uh, celebrity stuff. But from what I've heard in the last two years for Cleveland is that the Cleveland Wizard World has been fantastic. I've heard from a lot of people that went. They said they really enjoyed it. So I am looking forward to checking out. This will be my first year checking out the, the Cleveland show. I think it's only their third year of doing it. So, uh, so like I said, if you're going to be in the area, come on down and check it out. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you there. Uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys.